Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to The Friday Show. It's a show that had a passing thought the other day that if every City fan chucked in 50 quid, we could buy Manchester United. Just imagine the fun we'd have with it. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to a trio of pre-season friendlies that will reveal a lot, but ultimately very little about where we're at, as friendlies tend to do. Mainly though, we'll be bidding farewell to a first-touch maestro who came to City to win trophies and went on to win an absolute shed load of them, Mr Riyad Karim Mahrez. A player who could frustrate at times, as wingers do, but whose control brought to mind a whipped Federer forehand, a Ronnie O'Sullivan clearance, or a Michael Jordan fadeaway. It was sport at its absolute peak, and we got to witness this several times per game. But, sadly, no longer. Not with Mahrez seemingly off to Saudi Arabia, with a £30 million fee agreed. To discuss this substantial development for City, I'm aptly joined today by lots of flair in the form of Jordan and Howard. Hi, Jordan, you there? I'm here, mate. Um, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's very, very rainy today. What's it like your end? Yeah, same as same for me, and also that means it's not looking great for the cricket at Old Trafford. Um, and I have spent a lot of time watching the Ashes over the last few weeks, uh... and it's pretty crucial, as I'm sure Howard will be thinking as well, that we get mm. plenty of play. So, yeah, a bit bit disappointed to wake up and see the rain, but uh, I've got tickets for day five, so it might increase my chances of actually seeing some cricket if it stays dry on Sunday. There's always that. But as I said on yesterday's pod, if uh, a sport is determined by weather, it's not considered a sport. Um, Howard, would you agree with that? Uh, No. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Jordan, the weather for Sunday is not looking too good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I should should have been going today and Lancashire Cricket Club messed up my ticket, so now I'm not. So, bittersweet for me. They they sat three of us about 20 rows apart from each other, so, which we only realised when the digital tickets turned up about three weeks ago. Uh, and going to a cricket match and being sat 20 rows apart from your friends isn't that much fun, to be honest. Yeah. It's a communal yeah, experience with those, like a football match, really. So we had to get a refund. So should have been going today. Hope the weather this morning blows over. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a bit gutted, to be honest, that because... I know you don't care, Steve. England doing very, very well. And if the Manchester weather costs England the ashes, well, that's it. That's the final straw for this summer and this weather because it's really annoying me now. So, well, I very much hope, even as a Welshman, that England players kind of hit the ball with the the wooden bat thing and (laughs) and and do well. Um, Right, moving on to an actual sport. Is that your pitch for Sky Sports? I'll probably get a job, to be honest. Well, you'd yeah. be better than Michael Vaughan, so... Well, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to an actual sport, football, and to a terrific footballer. Um, before we get to the financial elements of this and the player's age and all the rest of it, I just want to know how you feel as a fan. Um, Jordan, how do you feel about Mahrez's imminent departure? Um, a bit disappointed because all of these players who've been here during Pep's time, are legends, at least at some level. Um, and I think Mahrez is part of that. You know, he's he's definitely played a big role in in a lot of the Premier League wins and also the Cup wins. He might not have played the biggest role in the Champions League win in the end, but uh, it, it is sad to see any of these players go. I do feel a little bit numb to it this summer, purely because we've already lost... Um, someone who is in the very highest tier of club legend in Ilkay Gundogan. Yeah. So um, I, I feel like I'm I'm sort of numb to the, any other departures this summer. Obviously, from a football point of view, I don't want any of them to go, really. But in terms of an, an emotional attachment, I had a much stronger one to Gundogan than I, than I do to Mahrez. No, that's fair. Um, Howard, do you feel much the same way? Uh yeah, you don't. Yeah, this is probably a discussion we'll have later, won't we? About the what did City fans think about Mars? But yeah, we're at a level now in the last few years. There's literally, I mean, someone might, someone will throw in Calvin Phillips because he had a bad first season or Gomez. But you know, the the constant first teamers, the level that they've all played at in the last few seasons, 
there's no one I'd want to leave. There's no one I'd even be apathetic about leaving. I think every single one of them would have an effect on me emotionally hmm. and have me at least slightly worried about, well, you know, we're a bit weaker now and we need to, we need to strengthen and blah, 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 transfers and who should we get in type thing. Uh, yeah, five years here, huge moments, of course, that we'll discuss. Be- you know, just enjoyable football to watch. Flawed, of course, as I'm sure we'll discuss, as that has to be part of the discussion. A loss. Yeah, I wanted him to stay. I mean, I think I don't... It's weird. Last summer, it's like he- last summer he put in like 32 goal involvements mm. in that season just gone and I was like yeah yeah if he goes he goes that's fair I was like <laughs> why am I thinking like this 32 goal involvements and we still don't really appreciate him so it is a, we discussed it of course in the State of Play podcast on the player yesterday Steve. it's a problem for two reasons any ingrained player especially the amount of upheaval we're gonna, might have this summer is very problematic because he's been here five years, he could just be put out on the pitch to know what to do. And secondly, the fear that we'll actually replace him and make do with what we've got is a big worry for me because we shouldn't be doing that. We already had a small squad. So there's two different reasons. And the bottom line is, yeah, I will miss him. I don't think he was a perfect footballer. But you, um, until he's gone, you might you know realise what, what only then will we realise what he offered to this football club. Um. I'm going to come at this from two different perspectives. So first from Jordan, I want to talk about it from the club's perspective and then you, Howard, from the player's perspective. So £30 million, if that is indeed the sum, certainly that's the sum that's being put out there. Would you say, Jordan, that's a fair price given that we're talking about a 32-year-old footballer and, you know, post-treble we're looking to refresh the squad? Would that, In that context, would you say it's, it's, a, it's a, a fair deal? Yeah, I think financially, it's a very good deal. I think only two players over the age of 32 have gone for more than Mares right. is currently going for. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Lewandowski and Ronaldo. So, so only two players kind of what, in the Premier League era? Or? However... Ever, ever. Really? Oh yeah. wow! I didn't know that. Pretty right. sure. I, I'll uh, I'll fact check it as, as it is speaking. two. I just not, and I know Lewandowski is one of them. I can't remember the other. So. Yeah, wow, that's, that's what I was thinking. Um, but so from that point of view, obviously, it is a very good deal from a financial point of view, purely. Um, and he is thirty-two, and probably next summer you wouldn't get a fee for him. I think it, it's it was now or never to sell him. So I, I think I, I can totally understand why people would be seeing it as a good deal and a good time to to move him on because we are looking to plan for the future as well. But ultimately, it comes down to how well you replace him and how it touched upon it there. And mm. he is a guy who you could put him on the pitch and he'd just know what to do. Yeah, and there are play, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but also not not just from his technical ability point of view. It's it's knowing how to play in a pet team, and not many players can do it as well as Mares. Particularly, not many players can do it as well as current City players can from other teams because they've not had the benefit of playing for Pep. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why. Uh, I quite like the idea of bringing back Sané, and I know we'll come on to replacements later on, but uh, most players that you bring in are going to take a year at least to settle. And uh, that's that's not ideal. But anyway, going going back to Mahrez's fee, I think you can't really ask for much more. I've seen people on Twitter say, oh, I could have got 40 or 50 mil. That, that, that stat is right. I think only... only Ronaldo and Lewandowski have gone for for more than that past the age of thirty two. So wow. yeah, but financially, it's it's a very good deal. So Howard, from the players' perspective, then uh, reportedly is on half a million pounds after tax a week. Um, I, I mean, obviously, you know that's just speculation, but we're we're looking at lots of money. Um, and also, as I stated, he's thirty two, just won the treble. 
achieve definitely what to achieve at City, now looking for a fresh challenge. And furthermore, you know, there was absolutely no guarantee he was going to be um, a first-team starter next season, gaining lots of minutes. So from the player's perspective, it all kind of makes sense, would you say? Financially, yes, absolutely. But not from a footballing perspective? No, absolutely not, no. Okay. I mean, they can all pretend, you know, do the PR and say, oh, this is exciting, the birth of a new league and blah, blah, blah. But we know why they're going, for, it's for money, and I don't begrudge them that whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, others can have a moral argument, and I don't, no. <laughs> no players aren't interested in that. <laughs> they're not interested in the morals. Very few are interested in that, you know. Uh, they'll all take the money and, and play anywhere for anyone. Uh, and as we said, you know, on the state of play, it's like it will set him up and his family up forever. You know, like the other players there, you don't need the money, but it's a staggering amount that, you know, like if Jordan Henderson will just go over there and take the money because they know, especially when you're 32 and your last few years and you've offered that money as a the twilight of your career as you approach it anyway, mm. then blimey, how do you say no? Footballing-wise, no. I mean... It was coming this. Pep's talked about Mahrez all season about his, he needs to play football. He absolutely has a gump and a strop when he doesn't <laughs> play football, which is not a bad thing, really. Someone who wants to play all the time absolutely. is yeah. troublesome for Pep. Pep says the hardest thing in his job is telling the players that aren't playing that they're not playing. And he started the last seven Premier League games last season, three of which didn't matter, of course, but he didn't start the big games like the Champions League. He did, And he used to be a staple in that competition, which I'm sure we'll get to. He didn't start the FA Cup final, did he? He didn't start the Champions League final. Uh, this was, you know, and Pep said, I've, I've failed, you know, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, I've failed to make him understand how important he is to the club. So this was absolutely coming. So he will get the football now that he he wanted and craved. But is it really better? He had 36 starts still last season, I think. Is it better to have 50 if his fitness remains yeah, yeah. in Saudi Arabia? Or is it better to have 36 and miss out some big games, but be part of a treble winning side? Mm. It's obvious he's doing this for the money, but as I say, I don't have a problem with that. If he'd gone to another big club in Europe, I'd fully get it. Uh, it's a financial opportunity and that's what this is. Well, you know, maybe he sees other cultural opportunities there. Maybe he, maybe I'm being harsh on him. He does, does see it as exciting as this league grows. But I, you know, let's be honest, without them offering vast amounts of money, virtually all these big players that have gone wouldn't have gone, would they? They had to offer the money. Well, yeah. So it, it is what it is. I think for both sides, it, it was inevitable and probably for the best. But yeah, still, I would have loved him to have stayed for at least one more year. And just just another factor on the club's point, point of view, I've just thought of next year is an African Cup of Nations year. Right. So Mares could have been, potentially been missing for over a month of the season as well. Which, uh, of this season to come? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2024. Yeah. So it's January to February 2024. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that's another factor. And also, if you think about, we, we signed Mares for, Howard, have you got the fee? Is it 60 odd It was mil? 60. It was a club record at the time, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we, we've, and we've had him since 2019, 2018. Five so years, yeah. We've got five years out of him and sold him for over half his price at the age of 32. Yeah. Which it is a really good deal. And he's been a good signing. If we can then use that 35 mil towards a younger winger who could be at the club for another five or six years, it's really good business. It's just whether we can get the right guy in to replace it. Okay, well, I just want to kind of go back to something you, you mentioned there, Howard, and, and play a game of hypotheticals, um, just for, kind of very quickly for the two of you. So looking at it from Marez's perspective, then, let's just hypothetically um, say that there wasn't kind of all this money coming in from, you know, other parts of the world and Premier League clubs and European clubs were after Mares, And he wasn't particularly very happy at City, given the fact that he missed down the Champions League final and he was looking for a new challenge. What level would he be at? I mean, 
I would put him at the highest level. I would say Barca would want him. I would say, you know, Liverpool would want him, for example. Would would you go along with that, Jordan? If it had been a case of Riyad Mahrez is for sale at 30 to £35 million, pounds, would the absolute elite be in for him, do you think? Who don't Barca want, eh? Well, yeah, Barca's a bad example. But, <laughs> but, but would, he have been, would, would he have been a wash with offers, do you think, Jordan? Not at that fee. I don't think anywhere, any other club in Europe pays that fee for him at this stage of his career. It doesn't mm. make sense to. But and, and would City have sold him then for a, a lower fee? If he'd have really pushed for it, I, I think City's yeah. actual valuation, let's say the Saudi um, rising in football didn't happen this mm. summer. I think City's valuation would have been closer to 20, maybe similar, quite similar to what Walker's valuation will be with Bayern. In terms of whether I think clubs would be interested, I do think he, at this stage in his career and with his current sort of attributes, I do think that he fits a certain system because he's not fast at all. He's pretty slow. And he plays in a position where a lot of teams like to have fast, direct players. So I don't think he'd work for a Liverpool very well in a mm. right wing position. But I could I could definitely see Arsenal um liking that sort of player if they didn't already have Bakayo Saka doing really well in that in that position. I think Arsenal are a, are a similar team to City and Barcelona probably fit that as well. So yeah, I, I think for Mares from a footballing point of view, I'd be I'd have been looking around Europe and thinking I want to play for a really top club, but where am I actually going to go and start more than I'm starting for City? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think there are many clubs out there who, who fit that bill. Um, Howard, Jordan covered that really well, so if you don't mind, mm. I, I'll kind of come at it from a different angle. You mentioned in um, your agenda, Howard, about a big factor really in Mahrez not getting as much game time. He got a lot, as we mentioned, but not more was Bernardo Silva and his versatility and his importance working down that right flank. So can you just kind of care to kind of elaborate on that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I think he was a bit unlucky in a way because Bernardo Silva is Bernardo Silva in unique. I think a pragmatism from Pep in big games is that he wanted that flank worked and no one works like Bernardo Silva. Yeah. yeah. I, Accusations of laziness that may return in this podcast about why some City fans didn't take Tamares, I think are a bit harsh in that he was an attacking player. There's hundreds like him who don't do what someone like Jack Grealish on the other side did last season, where he would hair back up the pitch and tackle Salah on the edge of his own area. Well, he don't do that, and we don't have to criticise him for not doing that. He wasn't that sort of player. I don't think he was lazy either, but he was looking. He was an attacking player who wanted to attack. And I think in the big games, Bernardo Silva's versatility, work rate, and all-round skill set did for him because there was. Just, I think Mahrez just posed that lit, just a little bit too much risk because he wouldn't be seen in defensive positions. Just a slightly big too much a risk for Pep down that side of the pitch that he went against playing him when it came to the business end of the season. So a bit of bad luck in that respect because he used to be a staple in big games, especially, you know, I see Ray Mowers as a Champions League player. Yeah. You know, I think about him as like, he sometimes could be out of favour in the league, but then will be back in for like knockout stages of Champions League games. And he was, Pep relied on him. But when it came to the crunch this season, in the new way we played as well, perhaps with, a, you know, sometimes our right back inverting into midfield. He wanted Bernardo Silva down that way. And in the same way that on that side of the pitch, Kyle Walker might now leave because he feels he didn't get enough football. Because we've changed the way we play in many big games, then the same might become the case with Rian Mahrez. Because at the end of the day, if he played in, maybe the FA Cup final wouldn't have saved him, but if he played in the Champions League final, as a starter, who knows? He might have a completely different attitude now. So it is what it is. You know, it, no one's to blame in a way, but I do think Bernardo Silva's versatility was a factor in him missing out on some big starts in big games. Yeah, I, I think we've we've got to get to 
the accusations of laziness and how we feel about him as well as a, as a player and why he's never really become a firm fan fan favourite, if that's fair to say, but we'll get to that kind of shortly. Before we do, we've got to look back at what is, has to be considered an outstanding City career. Yes, there's been downs. Um, yes, there's been negatives, but far outweighed by positives and some sublime football uh, from a sublime player. I mean, in terms of doesn't matter what you think of Riyad Mahrez, and I include other fans here, not just City fans, no one can doubt his technical ability. I mean, that was absolutely elite. And at times, frankly, it was a privilege to watch because he would do things where you just you just loved it. That's what you got into football for. Um, so when he assigned, I was excited. Um, he'd recently become, was it two years earlier, being the player of the year at Leicester, uh, player's player of the year, Premier League, um, obviously won the league with him outstanding his form dipped because first he was kind of you know enticed by Arsenal um and then City in a, in a kind of a series of failed bids from City um ultimately we got who Jonathan Liu described as a 16 million pound schmuck um it's just oh fucking rageous even now thinking back to that <sighs> Stay calm, stay, stay Yeah, calm. but it is, I mean, it, yeah. it is an outrageous, one of the most outrageous articles I've ever read that. But uh, I'll stay with you, Howard, and then you, Jordan, same question. Howard, how did you feel when we signed him? Yeah, I mean, using muscle memory here, but I would say an 8 out of 10 level of excitement. Because 8 it, out of 10, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he was unknown when he went to Leicester, and he was absolutely joy to watch in the Leicester Player, you know, a bit of are you Robin about him? You know, just move inside, put it in the top corner, top bins all the time, and he was just an exciting player to watch. And that touch that we already knew about, I think fans like fans like buying an exciting wide, yeah. you know, winger wide player, don't they? So what's not to like? Uh, I won't say it. Obviously, wasn't like on the levels of an Aguero or a Haaland or maybe even at the time a David Silva, though I don't think we really knew what we were going to get with David Silva. It probably was a similar level as David Silva in that an exciting forward-looking player. And yeah, the fee was big, but who, who kept, you know, don't matter, does it? By 2018, a £60 million fee was our club record. Uh, I think Laporte, I don't know if Laporte came early, it was just a bit less... And we had tried to, we'd put in about four bids, I think, in the January window to try and yes. sign him. So it'd been, an, been one of those probably tedious transfer sagas that you're just desperate to get over the line. So it was, yeah, it was uh, great to see it sorted and him come. And yeah, just exciting uh, attacking wide player. What's not to like? Uh, same question for you, Jordan. How did, can you remember how you felt about signing him? Did you deem it to be a you know a very good kind of um, transformative signing in terms of what you can offer City? Being honest, no. I, I think I remember being quite underwhelmed by it at the time, which mm. is bad to say given you know spent sixty million on a player who's won the Premier League with Leicester and was player of the season in the Premier League as well, but. I remember us trying to sign him in the January and we were so desperate for a centre-back as well. And we put the bid in and everyone was like, what, really? I think I think we were taken a little bit by surprise from memory. And I think it worked out really well that we didn't get him in the January because we ended up getting Laporte instead. Yeah. I think I think we had a certain amount to spend. We didn't get Mares, and we, we got Laporte instead who came straight in. And at the time, obviously, we didn't have Diaz and our defence was looking a bit shaky and he came in and um, he was really good, Laporte. And I think if we didn't get Laporte and we got Mares, I think the realistic target was Johnny Evans. So <laughs> I, I was quite glad we didn't get him in the January. And I thought when it was rejected in the January, I remember this quite well. I remember saying to people, we won't go back in for him. It felt like, I think that's, I'm not sure whether that was the, the feeling of a lot of fans or just mine. But at the time, I, I really didn't think it was a signing that we desperately wanted. So, anyway, we did go back in for him. And at the time, we still had Sterling and Sané on the wings. And I was pretty happy with how that sort of front three was looking of 
Sterling, Sané and Aguero. And then you had Jesus who could play across the front. I I, I didn't really think at the time it, it was an essential signing, but so it's de- definitely wrong. You agreed with Jonathan Liu then? That we didn't. Let's <laughs> not put words in my mouth. Well, that <laughs> seems to be what you were saying, there. It absolutely didn't. It wasn't anything of the sort. No, I think in the summer we we wanted a DM in the summer as well, didn't we? So I think that's when we went for Jorginho, didn't we? Yeah, that summer. we didn't. Get, we didn't get one as well, did we? I think but we I wonder if the underwhelming nature was like already people were making assumptions that he had Surly in an attitude because he had to deny at the time that he'd gone on strike at Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, the worst stories yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's refusing to train or something like that. So yeah. I don't know if people got it in their head. So he's he's coming with an attitude or something. So um, Before we get to his career stats at City, um, Johnny Evans would have been a good signing for City. And I will die on that hill. I will always kind of say that. Good um, signing for United this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we were interested in him back then, he, he went on to produce two, three outstanding seasons. And I think he would have fitted Pep's mandate. And I think he would have been an exceptional player for City. So there, I'm... I'll, I'll respectfully disagree. <laughs> Fair enough. You've had a bad month of it. <laughs> I know. Oh, you mentioned the. You no, no, we'll, we'll mention again, conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah, it'd, 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 it'd have been a great astronaut as well. Yeah. <laughs> John, Johnny Evans did not walk on the moon. That's all I'm saying. Uh, right. So Riyad Mahrez, <laughs> two hundred and thirty-six appearances uh, for City, uh, one hundred and sixty-nine starts. From those 169 starts, 78 goals and 56 assists. Um, try, I'm doing a bit of maths here, which think, I'm awful at. It's I think it's 59 I've seen elsewhere now. So I, I counted the assists manually. I think it's 59. So. Right. Okay. So you put those together mm. and I said more than better than one and two yeah. uh, as regards to a direct goal involvement. So, yeah, let's say every 150 minutes or so in, in my head, I think, he's direct goal involved. That's really consistent. That's really good as a, as a long term across five seasons. That's exceptional, in fact. But he did struggle in that first season at City. Um, I just recall him looking... Uh, it, was, it was like he was playing a different game to, to his 10 teammates. He, he was just... We, we would basically manoeuvre the ball onto the right. We would have players in, you know, positions, pet positions. We would do have overloads all ready to go. Everything was all set up. The ball would come to, to Riyadh and he would take about 20 touches and just meander and go in and then come back out again. And it's like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Um, bit of a Greeley shark, maybe? Big fish. A, I was going to say I big fish so. in Little Pond. Not Little Pond, but big fish in smaller than City yeah. Pond. And then coming in a bit overawed. Well, all. you make a really good point on the agenda, Howard, because it was then City who struggled in the second yeah. season. Um, so again, that's good. first. That's two of the five done, and perhaps that was a perception of because he did perform in the first, and then City didn't in the second, even though he was better in the second. Yeah. That somehow in fans' heads it was like, well, it's not really working. This is it. No, I think that is a fair point, um, Jordan. What do you remember the first couple of seasons for for Riyadh and and? An extension on that, did you then think, you know, he's going to turn this around? Yeah, I, I don't remember being worried about him and thinking we need to, you know, cut our cut our losses and offload, similar to how some people are thinking about Phillips this summer. Yeah. Uh, I, think he, I think he did okay. I, I think probably one of the biggest things which hurt his perception in, in City fans' eyes was the penalty miss at Anfield. And mm. that... that for a lot of City fans, took a long time to get over. So, was that, that, was that, that fair? Fair, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Justifiable rage, yes. <laughs> one penalty miss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cardinal sin is missing the target altogether. Yeah, it? yeah. And, and do you know what? He sent that into space. Not not to carry on with the conspiracy theory chat, but he, he couldn't have missed. He couldn't have missed by much more. And it was also the fact it was like last minute against the team that we'd won once in 30 years away at. And there was such a big thing over it. So I, I understand why it produced such a rage. It probably shouldn't have shaped opinions long term. And it, I think mm. for some people, unfortunately, it did. And football fans are fickle like that. Um, but in, in his first seasons, I, I remember him being okay. I think similar arc to a lot of players that come into City. I remember him scoring a big goal away at Bournemouth. I think that might have been in the season where we won the uh, where we won the league by winning our last 14 games in a row. Um, 
and we won one nil away at Bournemouth. It was a really scrappy goal that he scored, mm. but I remember that being a big, a big goal for him. And but yeah, as you said, Steve, his technical ability has always been out of out of a question. It's it's fantastic. One of the best first touches, if not the best first touch I've ever seen live. Um, and he, he did produce some some beautiful moments. Mm. He scored the third goal at Brighton on the final day. It was a beautiful moment. Which is far, far, far more important than the penalty at Anfield. Howard, I totally agree with you in terms of logic. but (laughs) (laughs) Where's logic come into it with football fans? (laughs) Well, that's my point. And and football is all about moments without wanting to get too philosophical about it. And when we won that penalty at Anfield, you were thinking, right, this is it. This is going to be our moment at Anfield to break the hoodoo. And he sends it <laughs> out of the stadium. So I can hear in your voice it's all coming back to you. <laughs> no, Good riddance. <laughs> I, I, I'm at the time in football matches probably quite illogical and one of those yeah. football fans that gets a lot of rage produced. But I often, I'd like to credit myself with taking a step back. I'm actually quite measured, but the memory of that penalty was, was really, it's really triggering me. It's, it's, it's not a good memory. Do, 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 I, do I have to take a break, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten-minute timer. Have we got any sponsors or something to plug while I drink a glass of water? <laughs> I was chilled after it because I had such a downer on going to Anfield and probably still doing away that I was happy with a nil-nil draw. <laughs> but I know the mistake. I think he scored 13 out of 16 after that penalties. Yeah, yeah I never truly trust... I've always... I've said it before on podcasts. I absolutely respect anyone who's prepared to stand to step up in that position situation and take a penalty mm. so but missing the target altogether triggers me big time you've got to hit the target and of course he'd then go and miss at west ham yes. but hey with hindsight that was a good thing because it gave us one of our greatest stories again so well, at, the, at the time i was absolutely i was more angry that west ham one way more angry i'm interjected at this point i am as host i mean this is far too much negativity about a great <laughs> player so we are penalties swiftly. it's penalties <laughs> yeah, yeah just penalties Right, no one is allowed to say penalty from here on in. <laughs> Penalties. <laughs> Spot kicks. What we're going to do instead yeah. is because he, he was it you, John, who said he produced some kind of beautiful moments. It was so yeah. many of them. Um, and I'm not asking you to remember kind of specific goals and all the rest of it because, you know, early in the morning and memories kind of, you know, it's hard to do. But let's kind of look at it from a general perspective then. Um, particularly as regards to his last three seasons where he has been consistently excellent, I would say. Um, I'll start with you, Jordan. What did he do so well? I've touched upon it already, but he played our system really well. I think he did exactly what Pep wanted him to do. And I, I have to say, the the lazy accusations don't sit well with me because I, I never looked at Mars and thought he was lazy. Same. Ever. Um, I looked at him and thought, he's not a guy who's going to be able to get up and down the pitch in 10 seconds. That's not laziness. I just don't think he was the best sort of physical athlete. Um, But what he did have was technical ability and the way he's able to sort of control the game from out wide is quite rare and something that Pep loves, as, as you've seen with our new approach to wingers and Grealish does it similarly on the other side, but doesn't have anywhere near as good a first touch as Mares. And his form in the Champions League in the, in the season where we got to the final, the COVID year and lost. And also I think he played a, a really big part in the semi-final against Real Madrid, not the year that's just been where we won, but the one where we, we lost in Madrid um, and also away from home, he scored a fantastic goal. And his goals against Paris Saint Germain in the um, in the Champions League semi final as well. He was there in the big moments, and while he he never really dominated games in the way that you'd you'd maybe like him to do, and in a way that De Bruyne would do, you come away from a game thinking, "Oh, De Bruyne was incredible." You won't you won't really come away from many games thinking Mares absolutely ripped them to shreds. But I think he he played his role in a pep system superbly and 
he had his fair share of, of really big moments. So, yeah, I, I really liked Mares, and I think he, he really contributed to our success over the last three years. Yeah. Um, Howard, some glorious goals, some magnificent touches. Um, when he was on it, you wouldn't want to be the fullback, would you? Because no. he was an exceptionally gifted footballer. Well, he still is an exceptionally gifted footballer. He hasn't died, I should <laughs> Not with the angles now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, well, we'll have to talk about perception in a way. I mean, yeah, obviously the first touch, don't need to discuss it. It's just like, I've put, put in the notes, hang it in the Louvre. It's no one is yeah. as good as him for how he could just pluck a ball out the air. You wouldn't like to play against him, but I think there was a perception early doors, or maybe throughout that he was, he was still predictable because he was going to cut inside. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. You know, Iron Robin was probably the greatest at that. Like he's going to cut inside, but he was so good <laughs> pinging in the far corner. There was nothing you could do about it. With Mars, I didn't quite see some of those spectacular goals he got with Leicester quite as much. And no, I don't think it was lazy, but inconsistent probably I have this perception he had purple patches basically I mean there was Christmas 21 where he didn't that period where he didn't stop scoring and then he didn't play for a month I don't know if it was injury or wasn't picked and then he scored again and he, you know he was scoring and that's what I sometimes think is the issue with Rian Mahrez is that there were some days where you just he would frustrate the hell out of you but I wonder if we misunderstand why players. I wonder if why players are always going to have that inconsistency because it comes with the role. Because unless you really are the greatest in the world in that position, I mean, you know, Grealish deserved some criticism his first season. He wasn't playing well enough. And as for Raheem Sterling, of course, he was divisive from beginning to end. But that was probably more because he could look like a pub player in front of goal at times. He could despite the ridiculous stats and Mahrez always brought the stats and yet you could watch it and think and he could absolutely frustrate the hell out of you for an hour uh, but I think that is true of all wide players and on his day yeah I mean let's look at that season Spurs at home yes. 2-0 down we came back because of Riyad Mahrez and what a key result that might have been in our treble winning season Howard can I just interrupt though and say that um, when I watched that 90% of me was like, oh, that's incredible. What a player. He's, he's brought it. 10% of me thought, why don't you do that more often? Mm. <laughs> was that the same with you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, we could have this discuss, discussion about a thousand players in history, yes, really, couldn't fair. we? Yeah. And, you know, it's not all about him. It's about the opposition team as well and how well they defend. And yeah, he was perhaps a bit one-dimensional in that you'd, exp- you know, because he was, wasn't was playing on his natural foot on that side that... <sighs> Yeah, he could have done more, but he still did a lot. He still brought, mm. and he he was a heavy goal scorer. Yeah, you've triggered that PS. I used to watch my team get relegated on my birthday. Now I watch them in Champions League semi final. So on my birthday was the Madrid away game when he scored, and that should have seen us to the final. It wasn't his fault we didn't get there. And the PSG won the next year when I had to eat a McDonald's in a lay-by because the weather was so bad. Do you remember it was covered in hail, the pitch against yeah. PSG? Just like 4th of May, this. And so you could only eat outside, outside pubs. And so the pub mm. closed because of the weather and I had to eat a McDonald's. And then I was allowed to sit with two friends and saw us get to a Champions League final. And he scored three of the four goals across the two legs. Though, I don't know if you remember the, the PSG wall. Yes. I don't know. Was that in the semi-final when he scored the free kick? Was that was that away? Or was that... Because we did put him out. There was a last 16 tie as well. I just remember one goal. He went. He scored a free kick in at PSG. Yeah, it was in an empty stadium, so it must have been the semi-final. And the, the wall just... It was the worst wall you've ever seen yeah. in your life. It literally just parted the width of a ball and it went through. Uh, so he got three of the four goals across the semi-final for City that got him to a Champions League final. He scored that goal at Brighton. He This season, you know, Spurs, Liverpool, he played well, I think, and Chelsea. And he was a staple in the Champions League a lot of the time. So he could score big goals. And yes, he was inconsistent. And I think that's why he's not put in the top tier by City fans. Yeah. I think Howard makes a really good point earlier on when, 
he talks about the roles that wingers play as well, and not just wingers in general, but also in this team, in Pep's system. Mm. These guys, you know, they're not the quickest that we play on the wings in, in Relish and, and Mares. Their main job is to keep the width. So they are playing really far away from the goal. I think it, Mares is probably most dangerous in the box, but he's consistently asked to play right on the very edge of the pitch. And also without much support in an attacking sense from fullbacks, which obviously we don't play with anymore. But in previous years, even when Walker was playing, he wasn't really given that much license to overlap um, Mares as Mares brought it inside. I don't think that was really a feature of our play. So they, they have a lot of work to do and they do a lot of good work. And for us fans, it might not look like they're doing anything spectacular, but they play a really important role in the machine. So yeah. I, I think he's maybe a bit of a an unsung hero in that sense. And I think the same goes for, for Grealish in terms of it's not really appreciated by the, the statistics or the scoreboard or anything like that. But the role that they do play is vital. And I, I think Mares, as I said, just before played that role really well. Yeah, I think all of that is fair from the, the two of you, but it still is coming through to me, and I share a lot of his sentiments. Incidentally, that he's not he's not a player who the two of you are going to be kind of crying into your pillow over. You know, in in the same regard as if Bernardo goes or if Johnny Stones left or or whoever, and which kind of takes us back to what we started with, where. Um, I'll stay with you, Jordan, on this. Kind of, he's not really a fan's favourite, is he? No, he's not. And I think it comes down to two things in my mind because I, I, I reject anything about laziness. I don't think yeah. I've never looked at him and thought he, need, he needs to work harder. I've looked at him and thought he looked knackered. Yeah. Um, but I, I've never thought Mars is being lazy here. One, and these two things are, are small things, yeah, and I'm not justifying them at all uh, in terms of they should shape your view of a player. The first thing is, I don't think he, he Mares, ever really connected with us. Mm. I think you've just mentioned Bernardo and John Stones there. John Stones connects with us as a fan base. John Stones, I mean, it might be easier for him because he's he's an English guy from the, from the north of England and he gets sort of English football culture down to the ground. Like he gets it. Mm. Bernardo is someone who, when he scores, runs over to the fans and celebrates. That doesn't sound like it should be a big thing, but I noticed quite early on that when Mares scores, he wouldn't run to the fans. He'd run to the bench. Mm. He wouldn't run. He's not really engaged with the fans very much as a player. And I think that that does that does play a part in it. I, I really do. And I think that's one reason why we've maybe not taken to him. Don't get me wrong. I, I think we can all look back and think, wow, we're so grateful to have a player of that quality at the club. And he, he's done some incredible things and we all do really like him. But in terms of connecting just purely on an emotional level with a player and wanting to sing about them and being upset when they leave, I do think things like that matter. And the other thing is uh, spot kicks. <laughs> <laughs> spot kicks? Do you, spot do you mean penalties? Uh, <laughs> and the other thing is free shots from uh, the, the little dot in the, in the box. Oh. So I, I really do think the Liverpool miss shaped a lot of fans' opinions on him. I think the West Ham one was also enraging and it, it just didn't help people's opinion of it and the yeah. small things but I honestly think those are two things that that contributed but it shouldn't justify because Aguero missed some some huge absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. A, oh, a 2-1 winner the Rodri last minute winner at Arsenal mm. yeah he scored the penalty in that who scored you're the right. penalty no one yeah. talks about that one do they they don't they don't you're right but yeah. those are the two things why they're small factors, but I just think that they've not, they've not helped his relationship I, with City Bell. I, I struggle with this. He gets the club definition because it's just all like grey and vague. And Bernardo Silva will always be a favourite because he just 
is like a Duracell bunny. And yeah. opposition fans hate him because he winds them up. <laughs> I mean, that, that just makes you a cult hero immediately. You know, he's... The, yeah, I mean, I mean, if Rimaras had stood in a guard of honour with a with a, a glass of Vimto or a Bovril, then I'm sure we'd be speaking more fondly of him now. And it's that little thing. It's like, it's nonsense in a way. Not, not I'm going to go at anyone here. It is nonsense in a way how little things like a penalty miss early in the season that don't really matter in the scheme of things can shape your opinion of a player. Or someone like him or Laporte. I mean, first, some real, like, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, it's a bit of racism in, <laughs> we, you know, or he's, he's a, a Muslim. So it's, it's that. It's well, one, non, utter nonsense. I think I like say, someone like Amy Laporte, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll finish very quickly. Yeah. Today. I think someone like Amy Laporte has the same, doesn't, doesn't have that connection with fans, but they're just quiet people who keep themselves to themselves in a way. And I yeah. think they suffer for that. Well, yeah. a Manchester United supporting Manchester City writer um, has made the accusation today, or at least alluded to it, and said that is a possibility of one of her reasons. No, but doesn't um, that doesn't that uh, we didn't say racism? Doesn't that tie into why we get in oh, a way? He, he basically, did. John Stones, we get him because he's northern, yeah, northern but- Englishman. It is kind of saying the same thing. I'm not having to go all protecting anyone. Mm. But it is that those fine lines of connecting between players and fans. Yeah, it's it's very hard to define, is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, but the example that this writer um, used was Haaland, not John Stones. John Stones, you can say, yeah, that's natural across the footballing world that you are going to feel connected to players who kind of grew up in kind of, you know, a town close to where you grew up. That's just normal. And then like, if someone comes in from overseas, you may well feel very connected to that footballer or not, as the case may be. But you are more inclined to be more connected to, say, John Stones with his, you know, like when he he signed in that that kind of clip on Sky Sports with him wearing a cagoule and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You've got that ready-made right at the start. That's, that's, I would say that's fine and normal. The example that this writer used was Haaland, and saying blonde haired, you know, kind of Scandinavian, and he was he was applying racism, um, and, and I don't believe that to be the case at all with Mares. And we also, I think it's more, I think it's more extrovert, introvert with some players. Exactly, yeah. that is my take. Which I, I don't know why I didn't uh, offer it up earlier, but that is exactly my take. I think it's down to personality. I think Mares is just an introvert. It was quite hard to have an introverted winger, but there he is, and and um, he doesn't connect to the fan base because he's. Very possibly just quite shy as a person. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, no worries. That's that's how I feel about the lad. It's like you you go on with, with my best wishes. Thank you so much for just providing some glorious football in, in the shirt of a club that I support. Um I don't feel over overly connected to you because you've never really connected to me in return. Fair enough. No well, bother. I don't need to be either with every no, one of them. Yeah. Exactly. No. And and also just on on the implications of racism. I'm sure for some people, unfortunately, we do live in a world where some people, even if not um, forthright with it and and, um, open about it, even on a subconscious level, maybe that does play a part. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. But I also think there are examples of City players who are black and Muslim, like Yaya Torre, who we've absolutely adored and sung multiple songs. I mean, Yaya's probably got three of the best songs in City history. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I think Jekko was a Muslim one. Yeah, is that a Nasri as well? So, yeah. you know, I don't think it... Personally, I don't think that really comes into the overall view of a player. Um, and if it does, for some people, I'd like to hope, at very worst, it's subconscious bias towards people who you can familiarise yourself with and also have a shared like stuff in common with rather than than blatant racism i'd like to hope that's the case but mm. no, i was thinking about religions of no, no i didn't give us a, a shiny shit i mean it, i genuinely don't even i didn't know about the only time i think that. about it is when they have to fast and i wonder how they and Ma- morris got praised <laughs> for ramadan mares but city fans tended to prefer mares when he was fasting yeah no, i only think about it then the implications <laughs> on your body of fasting must be Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Very difficult to deal with, yeah. Absolutely. Let's, let's end on, on this, this subject by kind of looking at the future, uh, at the near future, hopefully, in the, in the form of a signing, a replacement. Um, both of you on this, but Jordan, I'll start with you. 
we're going to need to sign someone, aren't we? Um, Howard's put his note here, 36 starts last season. That's a lot of goals and assists and minutes to replace. Yeah, and he was one of the few players outside of that starting 11, which sort of became cemented towards the end of the season, who Pep yeah. actually trusted. And it became clear during the season that Pep didn't lo- uh, really trust a lot of the people on his bench. And Mares was was one of the guys that he did trust. So we, I think we got pretty lucky with injuries last year and we didn't really need him or our substitutes as much as, as we might do next season. So it's we, we definitely need to replace him. I think we were a winger short anyway, if Phil's moving inside. And yeah, it would be nice to sign someone. That That would be quite exciting. But it's a very difficult one to say how you replace him or who you replace him with. Well, because Jordan, we said on the State of Play, we're worried we won't replace him. Is Are you worried? I'm only worried because we're not hearing links. Mm. I, I, I'd like to think that, and I've over the last 10 years, all I've spoken about is how well City are running. There's always a succession plan. And I do trust the guys that run the club to get it right because they have done pretty much in, in every aspect uh, since since they took their roles. But yeah, the, the, the lack of links is concerning, but hopefully it's just City being pretty coy and a tightly run shit rather than they're not actually looking at anyone. I, I personally just can't see how we can go into next season uh, with, let's say, Bernardo stays, which is optimistic. It's a possibility, but it is an optimistic um scenario let's say Bernardo stays you go into next season with Grealish Bernardo Foden Oscar Barb and McAtee as the wing options I don't think I'm missing anyone out there I don't, I don't like I don't think Alvarez will play on the wing I don't think he's good enough technically to to do it so I can't see Pet or Cheeky looking at those five four of which are also central options yeah you know Okay, <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. If anything, all of them are because Greenish could play centrally if needed. But four look like they, they could be using central roles next season. Bernardo and Phil look like that's going to be their primary position. That's just not good enough. So, so I, I, I do think we're going to sign someone. God knows who. Like, I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea because the only person that we've really been linked with is Rafinha, and that came from a journalist that I didn't really, I didn't really trust. No, exactly. I said uh, that yesterday. Yeah, wow. and also, if you look at Rafinha, from a fan's point of view, he's super exciting. He, he's obviously very uh, talented and very good in the attacking sense, but someone in our group chat put on like a graphic of of the stats, you know, Mahrez's stats compared to Rafinha's, and one of the ones that stood out to me was the pass completion, and Mahrez's pass completion was in something like the 90 90th plus percentile of, of wingers and Rafinha's was in like the first 25% or something really low. So mm. it shows um, Rafinha's like a risky passer. He's, he's more in the sort of category of a KDB and a Haaland than someone who's going to control the game. So I don't, I don't know if that's the right fit. I saw we were linked with Danny Olmo as well. Again, not from someone that I trust, but he probably is more underwhelming, but fits the sort of, profile of a wing you'd like or Peck would like so I can't, can't see Leipzig selling any more players this summer it's like yeah asset well, stri- stripping like at Monaco at this rate so that, yes. I don't think that's not happening but uh, shout out to Dave Waite by the way a friend of the show who says uh, and friend who says Alvarez is going to surprise he thinks he will play on the right uh, I just can't see it uh, I, I, yeah. I, he's got his first touch is like a trampoline at times and he, he, honestly when Alvarez receives the ball, this might sound harsh, but I think it's 50-50 as to whether he actually controls it. it sometimes it just cannons <laughs> off him. And, it does, it does. A bit harsh, yeah. It is a bit harsh, <laughs> but, you know, it's early, I've not eaten yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but I, I really don't think he's good enough technically and protects the ball enough to play in a wing area. I think it's one of those things that we do as fans and also over the last four years or so, we've been very lucky to have uh, players who can play all across the front line and Gabriel Jesus was tremendous at it. But Jesus and Alvarez are really different players and Jesus' best attribute is his dribbling, in my opinion, and his ball control. 
Whereas Alvarez's best attribute is his finishing and sort of making decisive moments in the box. So I just can't see Alvarez playing on the wing. You know, he, he's young, he, he can develop, but I, I don't think he, it's a good fit at all. Let's um, move on to the friendlies, forthcoming friendlies this week. But before we do, let's just kind of end on Riyad Mahrez by just kind of summing up what he achieved at City. Four Premier League titles, three Carabao Cup wins, two FA Cups, Champions League and a partridge in a pear tree. That's not too bad, is it? I, I think mean, there's a community shield in there as well, Steve. Well, two. there you go, the biggest of them all. So there you go. Um, and that, as we said on yesterday's pod, the first thing he mentioned in his first interview with City was he wanted to win a Champions League with City. The last thing he achieved at City was to win a Champions League. Um, the lad came, he saw, he conquered, and he moves with our blessings and, and love. He arrived in England with... You know, not much of a reputation. His family were, and he leaves with five Premier League titles. Yes, I mean. and his, his family were saying, don't go to England, your style won't suit England, go to mm-hmm. Spain. Um, he said, no, I want to prove people wrong and go to England. And then he won the league with Leicester. Done it um, all. One yeah. of my favourite Mares stories is he had a one-week trial with St. Mirren. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, he, he went on uh, on a trial in St. Mirren. And I don't think it's one of them where they looked at him and go, no, he's not good enough. I think he ended up getting better options. But he did go... Yeah. Um, and played in uh, in Paisley in Scotland for a for a week. And I've just Googled it just to double-check that I'm not mm. making it up and I've dreamt it. And there's a Sky Sports article here that says, Riyad Mahrez has admitted that he once pulled off a daring escape in order to get away from the cold of Scotland mm-hmm. after a trial with St. Mirren. Um, he compared the weather to abuse and <laughs> he fled the training ground on a bicycle. So he was so cold <laughs> that one day he faked an injury to go to the locker room. And uh, I think he'd been training in the snow. Uh, and yeah, he, he left and uh, he borrowed a bike from a guy from the hotel and, and left without telling anyone. I guarantee he didn't take his gloves off for that entire week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, very quickly before we wrap up, uh, we've got three uh, friendlies coming, football's back, um, which oh. is amazing. Um, four friendlies. Oh, <laughs> Howard! God's sake! Community Shield is a legitimate title. It's a trophy to be won. Unless Moving on, <laughs> unless we lose, of course, in which case Howard's right all along. Yes, yes. Uh, we have three friendlies. Uh, Yokohama Marino is coming up this Sunday. Jordan, are you a looking forward to them, and b will you be watching them with keen interest? It's eleven AM on Saturday, isn't it, that we play them? Sunday. 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 Sunday, Wednesday, then the next weekend as well. Well hopefully I'm gonna be at the cricket, but maybe I'll have it on, on uh on my phone if if uh if the weather's not good at, at the cricket. But I I've, I've in the past I've typically enjoyed pre season friendlies and this one, you know, this with the squad that we've taken, it's pretty much all the first teamers. So mm. yeah. But with some kids. It, not as many as, as in previous years. I think there's Oscar Bob, there's McAtee. Um, there's Peroni. Yeah. Yeah, Peroni. Peroni's he's, he's about 20, isn't he? Peroni. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't think we've got many unknown quantities there. I think the squad that we've got out there is the squad that we're going to be rely on, relying on for, uh, for a lot of the season. So if I'm around, I'll watch it. I'm not going to carve out any time in my day when I've got other plans to, to stick around and watch it. But, but yeah, it's it's... I'm ready to have football back. I'm ready to have City back. You know what? My brother, um, he he doesn't go to games anymore, but he was, he was season ticket holder for God, 30 plus years. Um, I don't think he's ever seen a pre-season friendly. He has absolutely no interest in them. So he would not see, and they'd be on telly sometimes, you know, they'd be, say it was a big one. And I'd be like, why aren't we watching this? You know, why aren't you watching this? Oh, I've got no interest in it. And then he'd go home and away and wouldn't miss a game for the next season. It, it was quite unusual. Like, he just had, he just, thought he had no interest in them um how would what about yourself any interest in them no uh, <laughs> I, the, 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 the way that we discussed the treble and it's like it's being like the, it might cost us because the players think it's you know they've ticked all the boxes and now they move on yeah in a way it's kind of <laughs> it's ended the journey for me i'd happily re- retire from football altogether and never watch it ever <laughs> again I mean, give it two weeks. I'll obviously exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bored out my mind, but I'm (laughs) not. I don't have that usual desire to get back on 
yeah. back in the saddle, really. I've, I've enjoyed the break after the greatest season ever. I'm in no rush, really, to get back to the stress and pressure. Friendlies aren't pressured, of course. And, uh, yeah, we've said yesterday, watching the youth players is probably the best thing. The other players, you're just looking for fitness, really. No one to get injured. There's yeah. a novelty to it. It's nice to watch your team without any stress. Uh, I won't be at home on Sunday morning, I don't think so. I won't get to watch it, but I'll certainly pick up any highlights. I've cancelled my City Plus because they put the price up, so I don't know how I'm going to watch it. Maybe resubscribe for one month just for the friendlies and stuff like that. So, and Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, yeah, they're interesting games. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nonsense that we're on the other side of the world playing them, but it is what it is. Uh, which I'll team catch, will, I'll catch team will Kyle Walker be playing for when we play Bayern? <laughs> He's on a plane, yeah, to, to join the team we're playing next Wednesday, so... Yeah. It made suddenly him being on the plane makes absolute sense. Rather, he's more likely to stay if he'd stayed behind and not got on the plane. So, yeah, we did say <laughs> suggest he plays a half for each team on next Wednesday, perhaps. So, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Admit it, you, you tune in for that. Why not? It's all about entertainment friendly, so it should be anyway. Back when it gets to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of teams already. Been playing plenty of games, so we're playing catch like we are pretty much every summer. Because for some reason, our seasons seem to end later than everyone else's. Mm. It's almost as if we're better than them. So it, I'll soon be concerned about not being prepped for the start of the season. So yeah, we need to get some uh, minutes in the legs, as the uh, meme goes. So yeah. just need, just need to get them fit now, and yeah. Well, that's the thing, it applies to us as well. As fans, we need to get minutes in the legs, and that's what these mm. friendlies are for. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to them. I'll definitely be watching, tuning in on Sunday. Don't know about Wednesday, don't know if that's going to be possible, but then Atletico and South Korea, why not? Um, that just about wraps things up for today. Thank you very much for joining me today, Jordan. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, really enjoyed that. And that's a wrap for today, folks. With the season approaching, please check out the platform for any number of ace pods that will now be coming thick and fast. And spread the word too, because 9320 is where it's at for the 23-24 season. The others are good, but you know, there are levels to this. In the meantime, take care, everyone. Be well, and forever up the history-making blues. <laughs>